welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse will be back tomorrow. Paul Clay sitting in a two-man car. No, this isn't Jesus 911. <laughs> this is actually the Terry and Jesse show. Paul, thanks for taking the time to be with us again, brother. Uh, Terry, it's a privilege to be here. And, uh, you know, whether it's Jesus 911 or the Terry and, Je and Jesse show, yeah. I don't I don't think the message changes very no, much. No, it really doesn't. It's all about falling in love with Jesus. And Amen. today's show, my favorite part of the show is going to be talking about a true saint, the defender of truth, and his name is Blessed Titus of Bransma. And wait to hear his story and how it applies to us in our culture today. Almost 100 years later, very similar thing is happening. He had to die for his faith, and I want you inspired by his story. Also, we're going to talk about the truckers out in Canada and who Archbishop Vigano and Bishop Strickland have spoken out in support of this. Why? We'll talk about that. We're going yeah. to talk about uh, something that Paul's an expert on because of his background in the police force. And the, the Homeland Security people have put out a bulletin. They call it a National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin. Put your seat on when you hear this because I'm like, what? Who are they talking about? Me? You know, <laughs> just because I'm a, a Christian and I'm Orthodox and I, I'm conservative in my thought. What? So we'll talk about that and so much more on the Terry and Jesse show. But what I'd like to also remind you that after Paul reads the gospel and gives us some exegesis commentary, wait till you hear who I have with Bishop Sheen on that train today. You're going to love his comments. So, Paul, if we could ask you to read the gospel of the day, that'd be great. Okay. <clears throat> now, when the Pharisees, with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem, gathered around him, they observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping with tra the tradition of the elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things that they have traditionally observed, the, the purification of cups and jugs and kettles. So the Pharisees and scribes questioned him, why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? He responded, well, did Isaiah, well, did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites? It is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching as doctrines human precepts. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. He went on to say, how well you have set aside the commandment of God in order to uphold your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and whoever curses father or mother shall die. Yet you say, if a person says to his father or mother, any support you might have had from me is gorban, meaning dedicated to God. You, all, uh, you allow him to do nothing more for his mother or father. You nullify the word of God in favor of your tradition that you have handed on, and you do many such things. 
Oh, the gospel of the Lord. Wow. To you, Lord Jesus Christ. Does this apply to us? You bet it does. Yes. Yes, indeed, Terry. Um, This is, uh, I I love the way Jesus, uh, you know, you can you can almost feel his righteous indignation yeah. toward them as they as they question him, and uh, because he knows their hearts already. You know, when we hear this gospel, we always think in terms of this is not me. This is the other guy, right? Jesus is talking about all of them. That's right, all those hypocrites out there. As you know, but on hearing this message, we should reflect and do a little introspection, Terry, um, and ask. Lord, what are you trying to show me? What is it that you have for me in this gospel message? Like the Pharisees, we Catholics have our own religious traditions. Right. We pray the rosary. Yep. Uh, we and traditionally, Terry, we 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 go up and receive the Holy Eucharist at Mass. Amen. Yeah. Uh, how many of us reflect on exactly who it is that we're receiving, or really contemplate the warning in Scripture? Uh, in sacred scripture, when it says, let every man examine himself for whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup unworthily eats and drinks condemnation unto himself. This is a warning to us all. And, uh, you know, that we shouldn't do these things in in vain, Terry. Uh, When we're talking about, you know, not all, uh, Jesus said, not all who say to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father. Um, uh, Sacred scripture also says, uh, um, you know, uh, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. See, the Lord says to be holy Terry, and holiness is not outward. It's not the outward appearance, but it's it's an inner consecration to God. And the message here is do not get trapped up in religious, uh, uh, traditional things that we do. They're not bad in and of themselves, but if all we're doing is the outward um, shell, so to speak, without having that inner consecration and understanding and love for the Lord and applying it to our lives, then we can do all of those things. You could pray the rosary every day, Terry, yep. and still end up in hell. That's right. Be- you know, because, because again, these things that we do, these prayers that we pray, as beautiful as they are, they are... Um, they are training tools they, they, you know, they're, they're, you know, as we say the rosary, we were to reflect on the life of Christ and, 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 and how our blessed mother, you know, and, you know, just that whole thing and how it worked and how she must have felt. And, and, and these things are not designed for us to just say, Oh, what a nice story, but so that they can change us so that they can make us more like Christ. Yeah. And that's the message that I have for today on that. Awesome. Awesome. I yeah. love it. I love it. Hey, let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now, Archbishop Sheen. Full Sheen ahead, Mr. <laughs> hey, there it comes. Love that. I love it. Hey, he's got a special guest. He's been having some, man, great men of faith on his train. This time we have St. Anthony the Great. No, not St. Anthony of Padua. This is St. Anthony the Great. Look it up, man. This guy's amazing. He and Bishop Sheen are having a chat on the train. And here's the comment he says, if this applies to us, Paul. Mm-hmm. The saint says, a time is coming when men will go mad. And when they see someone who's not mad, they will attack him saying, you are mad. You are not like us. Hey, Paul, 
we got that going on right now, brother. They're yes, attacking sir. us, saying we are mad because we stick to our morals. We stick to common sense, and common sense ain't that common. No. Your thoughts on that comment about men calling us crazy? <laughs> well, uh, it's funny because, uh, you know, like you said, Terry, that this is we're hearing this today. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we're going to talk about that later on. When pe people want to label us as terrorists, domestic terrorists for for daring to have a dissenting viewpoint from, you know, yeah. from from what they believe is the right viewpoint. You want to talk about the epitome of arrogance there, yeah. but uh, this is the same stuff. But you know what? If, if you want to consider, yeah, we're, we are mad, Terry. We're crazy. You know why? Think because Paul, fools for Christ. Amen. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, <laughs> uh, we are fools for Christ. Amen. We will, you know, yeah. It, you have to remember that the things of God are foolishness yep. to those who don't believe. Right. And so when we say that we're willing to die for a cause, for the cause of Christ, they scratch their head because all they can see is the here and now in this life. And they're thinking, what a fool. Yep. But you know what we see? We're like Stephen. We see the Lord standing <laughs> at the right hand of God and we're ready. You know, Paul, that's so appropriate because the saint we're going to be looking at and modeling, he's a blessed Titus Bransma, and we're going to talk about his life and how it applies to us almost 100 years later, about 85 years later, something similar is happening where people are being called to stick with their faith or compromise, and he would not compromise Amen. his faith, even with the Nazis. That's a teaser. So when we come back, we'll talk about him. I want to remind everybody they can still pick up the Spiritual Warfare Conference recordings by going to vmpr.org, or you can call 877-526-2151. Also, we have another conference coming up on the 7th of May, all-day seminar with Holy Mass at the end of the day. It's going to be a couples seminar on marriage, how to deepen your commitment to your spouse. We'll be using Archbishop Fulton Sheen's Three to Get Married material. We'll be using nice. Cardinal Seurat's book, which is right here, Couples, uh, Awake Your Love. And we're also going to take the Catechism and the Bible. Dr. Sandoval, who's really an expert on this topic, a psychiatrist, on mm. fire Catholic, my wife, Mary Danielle, and myself. Wow. We're going to spend that, a whole day that's my dream team right there, Terry. <laughs> well, That's my dream team. <laughs> any good that we do comes from God. We thank him for it. And we're going to share our knowledge and love for the great sacrament of marriage, which is, why are we doing this? Because the family's under attack, mom and dad. Yes, yes. It's the domestic church, Terry. Amen, the bro. family is the domestic church and it begins, you see, and that's why I love you because you got your finger right on the pulse. You you understand that the, the attack is on the family. And if you're distracted with family matters and uh, you can't focus on, on the things of God. Amen. When we come back, we're going to talk about the defender of truth. The courage of blessed Titus Bransma. Wait till you hear about his story and much more on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 526 2151. Now, 
Here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse will be back tomorrow. Paul Clay sitting in. You know, let's keep our eyes on Christ. You know, this is so important in our age that we're living in. There's a lot going on. And I think looking at the martyrs, looking at the saints, and saying, how can I imitate them? As St. Paul says, I'm an imitator of Jesus. Yes. You imitate me. So the yep. saints are our, our big brothers and sisters who have who've been through it all. And we can look at them and learn from them. And there's one right now that I didn't know anything about, Paul, to be honest with you. I don't remember 1985 when Pope John Paul II you know, brought his cause up for canonization, for beatification. But here he is. Uh, Blessed Titus Bransma was a little guy. He stood five feet, six inches. And that's quite short for someone from the Netherlands. Because as Dutchmen are believed to be the tallest in the world. <laughs> Isn't that a hoot? He's a little yeah. thickly little guy. But wait till you see what he did. He had many health issues that caused him much suffering during his life. Kind of like St. Maximian Colby. Mm-hmm. Yet anyone who met Bransma knew that physical strict structure said nothing about his enormity of soul and his courage. Okay? Now, he was seen as so dangerous. This is a great line. I really love it. Just like we're seen kind of dangerous to the uh, Homeland Security. Here. Yes. He was seen so dangerous to the German occupation of the Netherlands that the solution the Nazis believed was just kill him. It's too much of a problem. So before he died in Dachau, one of the concentration camps in 1942, he handed his rosary to the nurse who injected him with the poison, reportedly showing no bitterness towards his executioner. Wait, we're going to have a witness later on, that very same nurse. Paul, Mm -hmm. why don't you read a little bit also, because this is, to me, one of the best articles about a saint that I've heard in years. Okay. While the Nazis destroyed Father Bransma's body, mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't account for the magnificence <laughs> of his soul yep. and how his story of bravery and faith would outlast the fantasy of a thousand year right. Rain. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pope St. John Paul II summed up Bransma's life when he beatified him as a martyr for the faith in for the faith in November 1985. He said Bransma had a constant vein of optimism and that he met hate with love i like that i do too Uh, brother yeah uh optimism a constant he's inspiring me yeah it's inspiring yeah yeah, this is why we you know we have the canonization of saints so that we can be inspired uh that's one of the reasons so that we can be inspired by their testimony uh it accompanied him even in the hell of the Nazi camp. Until the end, he remained a source of support and hope for the other prisoners. He had a smile for everyone, a word of understanding, a gesture of kindness, the Pope said. Now, two things have have occurred that will help spread Bransma's story. Mm -hmm. In November, Pope Francis gave the green light for Bransma to be canonized after a miracle attributed to the Dutch priest was finally acknowledged as authentic. (laughs) The miracle occurred for Father Michael Driscoll, also a Carmelite, whose advanced melanoma was cured in 2004. After appealing to his fellow Carmelite, Father Driscoll was given a small piece of Bransma's black suit that he rubbed on his head every day. In addition, the first major biography of Bransma was just published in English by Carmelite Media, titled The Prince of Truth, Titus Bransma Carmelite. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah, by Miguel Rivas. Uh, 
also a Carmelite priest, the book reads almost like a novel, replete with heroes and villains, then tragedy and hope. Mm. Wow. Oh, this is uh, good stuff. You know, from the yeah. feedback I received, Rasma's decision to live out his faith, knowing what the consequences would be touched by touching people at the deepest level. This is very interesting. Father William Harry, the director of Carmelite Media Publications, said in an interview with The Register, we need people who show <laughs> us it is possible to have strength to stand up for what we believe and who we are. Boy, do we hear that today. We need that. Now, this, young, this guy was born back in 1881 in the mm. northmost province of Holland and given the name Antonio Sergio after St. Angelo, a German bishop who founded monasteries in North, Northern Europe in the 11th century. Now, mm. he was born to a devout family, farming family. His father, Titus Bransma, prayed the rosary every night, no surprise, and would read aloud from the Bible. And I love what else? Imitation of Christ, the lives of the saints. Folks, did we get the message? Let's get all that. Imitation of Christ, the Bible, lives of the saints. This is the meat and potatoes of Catholicism. Now, when he was yep. ordained in 1905, he took the name Titus in honor of his father. Obviously, he had a lot of reverence and love for his daddy. He was a top-flight academic. In 1923, he was named to the New Catholic University of Netherlands. He taught philosophy and theology, but his real passion was the history of Dutch mysticism. Now, this is interesting. This statement, this paragraph, Paul, says it mm -hmm. all, living in the presence of God. He says, we must first recognize God as the deepest ground of our being, hidden in the most profound depths of our nature, yet able to be seen and contemplated. Bransma said in one of his most famous lectures, as recounted in his new biography, he described mysticism in this way. Go for it, Paul. This is awesome. Once we have made this way of thinking habitual, yep. we, we become capable of seeing him, as it were, intuitively, mm -hmm. without any intellectual effort, so that we find ourselves in continual contemplation of God and adoring him, not only within ourselves, but also in everything that exists. Mm. First of all, in our fellow man, but also in nature, in the universe present everywhere and penetrating all things with the work of his hands. That's right, because what does sacred scripture say, Terry? Uh, all, uh, you know, in him we both move and breathe and have our being, you know? Paul, uh, Paul this is exactly what St. Teresa of Avila said about living in the presence of God. It's a habit, yes, habitual yes. thinking. This is, this is what we need to be hearing from Holy Mother, the Church, right now, to be able yes. to survive. Yes. Let's keep yes, because when we develop these habits, yeah. Terry, they're, they're, you know, uh, uh, we detach ourselves from this world. Yeah. And, we're, and, and like you said, we're ready for anything. He was deeply loved by his students for the individual care he gave them. Uh, though when he was appointed rector, uh, uh, Magnificus of the university, some including at the Vatican, <laughs> oddly complained that Bransma was too short to occupy such a lofty I think that is so funny. Position. I bet you do, Terry. You know, you're he, a little bit. I'm a little, I'm a about little his size. You know, what, you know what makes me funny when I read that? I thought, boy, even back then there were some, there were some uh, crazy people in the Vatican just like today. Yeah, yeah, he, Bob, yeah exactly. They're, again, focused on the outward and not exactly, the inward. Not the inward. And, yeah. and that's what I hear right now many times. 
global warming, all this stuff. Come on, man, let's talk about the soul. Continue. Yeah. yeah Father Bransma's other duties were to oversee the vibrant Dutch Catholic press. Bransma's position was not just a mere honorary or administrative position. As Arebus explains, the Dutch priests saw Catholic newspapers as the forefront of promoting the truth of the faith. Can we repeat that for our press? I'd say that about radio, too. Catholic radio. Yes. Catholic anything. Our forefront of promoting the truth of the faith. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Not yeah. telling you to stop throwing, are you ready, plastic bottles in the water. I understand yeah. that. We shouldn't be doing that. But the role of the church is to promote the truth of the faith. And I think that when we go back to that, our church will grow. Because what we're doing right now, in my humble opinion, is not taking this saint's advice. That's right. That's right. Go ahead, Terry. You want oh, to man. Should, yeah, should the Catholic press abandon this idea of being a weapon of truth? Its very existence would make no sense either for us journalists or for the church, Ransma said. See, if we abandon that, it's the same thing that Thomas Aquinas said yesterday. That mm-hmm. When we abandon, I was with Bishop Strickland, we abandon our fathers of our church, and then it ruins the, the, the um, unity of the church. So we have to continue to stay focused on the truth. That's what sets us free. Now, when mm-hmm. the Germans took control of the Netherlands in 1940, they, not, they, they wanted not only to stop physical resistance, but to sway the Dutch people to embrace Nazism. Good luck, Nazis. Mm-hmm. The German authorities insisted that all newspapers, Catholic and secular, print pro-Nazi press releases and encourage ordinary Dutch men and women to join the Nazi groups. You know what I see this? I'm interrupting the article, but I see that in China. We've got mm-hmm. to be on board with the Chinese government. That's and right. Not, and if you're going to pay us some money, we'll take $1.6 billion every year to come to the Vatican. That's what's going right now on in the Vatican. And that's why this story should inspire our leaders in our church to say, no way. The favorite part of this article is this. And this is what inspired me, too. Back then, almost 85 years ago, the Catholic bishops were having none of it. Unlike mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. all the way up to the Holy Father right now with China. They were properly formed. Exactly. Uh, Their opening salvo was a pastoral letter that Catholics... Are you ready for this, Paul? Mm -hmm. Does it sound like we need a little bit of medicine like this? Catholics were forbidden from being part of any Nazi organization. Those that ignored the letter were to be denied the sacraments. Man, that's tough love, brother. That's saying Mm -hmm. that you're in error and we we want to love you enough to say, get out of that error. I just wish the church today in its hierarchy would do likewise. Now, Brunsma decided to visit the Catholic newspaper editors and make it clear that any cooperation with the Nazis would mean no longer being able to call themselves Catholic. Paul, Mm -hmm. you realize what he just did? He wouldn't wouldn't compromise any small, minute amount to say, well, let's just get along with these folks. Come on. They're going to come and go, and we've got to continue printing. Yeah, because... because he recognized that what you do uh, has a direct effect, uh, determination on whether or not you, you'll even be considered as a member of the faith. And what I really like, Paul, when he said we could, he could have left this task to the bishops, as it would have been more difficult for the Nazis to arrest those in so high a church hierarchy. But he saw it as his duty and knew he would likely be arrested. See, here's the point, Paul. We got to do the same thing. If the bishops won't stand up to tyranny... We will. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Paul. Yeah. Nazi. Uh, okay. Um, 
So where are we at? He was taken uh, into custody on January 19th, 1942. Yes. At the Carmelite Priory. Uh, yep. Exactly. Yes. Uh, by the Germans. Yep. Arebus described his departure as typical of Bransma's calm and trust this. in the Lord. Can you imagine? Oh, what a, yes, what a I, stud, man. I love yeah, this guy. Yeah, he's my hero. Yep. Uh, Father Titus took each one warmly by the hand and then... <laughs> as was the custom before leaving the house, knelt to ask the prior's blessing. Humble man. At the, thresh, at, at the threshold, he turned with a little smile and whispered, Momento me, pray for me, and then departed. Keep going. He, this is good stuff. Yeah, yeah. He went through he he went through another of the camps, finally hey. arriving at Dachau. Hang on, buddy. I hear the music. This is too good. That's a great teaser. Father Titus, pray for us because we want to be inspired on what happened in that Dachau camp. And when you hear what he did, it's going to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his church. I guarantee it. That's why I say we're too blessed to be stressed, too anointed to be disappointed. Stay with us, family. You're going to want to hear the end of this story. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. When I was a young teenager, this is the kind of stuff I, I put my teeth on, the things. Yeah. And, and I said to myself as a young teenager, when I fell in love with Jesus in my early teens, and I said, Jesus, I want to be like those guys. I, I want to die for you. I want to... I want to live for the faith. I, that, that's, a, that's more important than baseball or any other thing that I was doing at that time. I knew that this was eternal. So I hope you, like I, are inspired by Blessed Titus Bransma's story. But the remaining part that Paul's going to share, we better put your seatbelt on because this is just beautiful. Yeah. Once described, among other things, as the largest priest cemetery in the world, talking <laughs> about Dachau. Exactly. The guards were sadistic. Prisoners who were not worked to death were eventually killed. Mm. Beatings were the norm. The doctors performed perverse medical experiments, treating their victims as mere lab rats. Wow. Wow. Yet the price of truth shows that even with his health getting worse by the day, Bransma did all he could to encourage his fellow prisoners not to lose heart. He was known to share the little food he received with others, and he prayed without ceasing for all, including the guards. Wow. Talking about the biblical example. Oh, yeah. Bransman was murdered with a shot of poison on July 26, 1942. Wow. He told the nurse to use his rosary to pray. <laughs> she saw no point of it, as she was not religious. In 1956, at a German war crimes hearing, the same nurse voluntarily testified about Bransma's last day. I sensed immediately that he felt very sorry for me. Once he took me by the hand, he said and said, what a poor girl you are. I pray for you a lot. The woman who became a Catholic told the hearing, I have killed a holy man. Wow. You know, Paul, this is Our Lady of Fatima when she says souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Yes. This man, this holy man, Father Titus, offered his life for a woman like that. Who Can you imagine? She's the one who gave him probably carbolic acid. That's what they were giving 
to kill people off like St. Max. Yeah. And he ends yeah. up <clears throat> praying for this girl. And then, what, 12 years later at the testimony, she says, yeah, he was a holy man, and, and that's what brought her into the faith. You see, yes. this is what we need in the church today, Paul. Zeal. Yes. This is where holy yes. zeal comes from. Yes, and look, here, see, when you look at it from the outside, you know, oh, bad ending. He died. But guess what, Terry? His death produced fruit. Uh, it brought that lady into the kingdom of heaven, that Amen. nurse who was lost. It brought her into Amen. the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And Paul, I want to just say, Saint, I'm going to say, well, blessed St. Titus, pray for us yes. here at Virgin Most Powerful that we will have the grace to stand up to anything that comes our way when it comes to proclaiming the gospel and that we will never, ever compromise the truth because that's his inspiration. Paul, you sent me something this morning. I'm going to shift gears on it. The um, National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin that came out February 7th. Can you share that? Because I was like shocked when you sent it to me and I read it. I went, what? Go ahead. Yeah, well, the United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false and misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis or dis or malinformation introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. Mm. Sounds like us, Terry, domestic yeah. threat actors. I don't know. Uh, these threat actors seek to exasperate uh, societal friction to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions to, enc uh, to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence. You notice, Terry, potentially, because you don't see these acts of violence that are occurring from people who are speaking the truth uh, such as us, uh, because they're, they're non-existent. The acts of violence that you see are, are, are exactly on the other side. They're committed by the liberals. They're committed by uh, the Marxists. Uh, well, give an example. Fascists. Give an example. Black Lives Matter. What did they do? Yes. What about those guys? They would they would do all kinds of sit-ins where they would take over the property. They light fires. They they took police yep. cars and torched them. Last time I looked, I haven't done a darn thing other than proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and the truth that's what sets us free. So this, to me, is yes. reprehensible that our government would do something like this. Yeah, let me give you a quote, Terry, uh, by the great Ronald Reagan. Yeah. God rest his soul. Amen. If fascism ever comes to America, it will come in the name of liberalism. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. There you, you go. Know. He nailed it. And yeah. you know, the bigger the government, the smaller the citizen. And right now, the government's stretching out its arms and muscles and saying, you know, you got to do it my way or the highway. Yes. And, and I think of what the church teaches about subsidiarity. That yes. situations should be handled locally. Yes. Not, you know, one size doesn't fit. Well, that's exactly, that's exactly what we see going on, Terry. We see this, uh, there's a group. You can call them a cabal. You can call them whatever of globalists. These people who haven't, who have sworn to this globalistic agenda mm -hmm. that want to, you know, uh, when you do that, 
it, it, there's no room for, uh, like you said, that that local government. There's no room for the Constitution of the United States in the big scheme of things. Everything and every government in the world is under the umbrella of, let's say, as an example, use uh, what the United Nations uh, uh, you know, hopes to become, right. which is this uh, this new world order of things. And uh, this is what they're pushing for. And this is why people who speak the truth, and we're speaking the truth in love, yep. you know, uh, when we speak the truth, they see it as a threat because it's a threat to what they're trying to build. They're trying to, what they're trying to do is change um, uh, uh, our way of life. Yeah. Uh, right out from under us. And they're using things like this pandemic and they're, uh, you know, and they're exaggerating things yep. in order to exercise control over people. And you know what? If you want to deem what I just said as a as an act of terrorism, go right ahead, yeah. because uh, because I'm speaking the truth. It's plain to see. And I think most of America gets it by now. And, you know, Paul, many of these people they're describing are the most loyal Americans Yes. Uh, on the planet, okay? These Barry, I wore a uniform for 40 years in my life. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I know. You know whether whether, whether yeah. two branches of the military yep. and uh, and also, uh, you know, uh, on the sheriff's department. Exactly. So, You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Ahead, I mean, give me a break. It's like Colin, you know, I mean, I, I won't go further on to that, but it's frustrating to hear this. Paul, I want to just tie this back into uh, the Canadian truck drivers, the Freedom Convoy. Bishop Joseph Strickland, who has a show here on Virgin Most Powerful People, you need to hear this, Bishop, because he's saying things very few bishops are willing to say. He yep. says the Freedom Convoy is deeply rooted in the basic values that have built the world we take for granted. Now, one of the things, it's called freedom to work. Because mm -hmm. what the government in Canada is doing, and I got big news that just came in. I'm going to give you this in a second. Uh, what the government is doing is they're saying, if you don't get vaccinated, then, dude, you can't work in our country. Okay? That's wow. as simple as it's Totalitarian. Said. Wow. Yes. And so Strickland and now Archbishop Vigano, they're all saying, wait a minute. Uh, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're saying the same thing. We're not going to—oh, here it is. We're not going to buy this, and we're going to uh, protest it. Now, in Saskatchewan, that's in Canada— they're first to end, to end the vaccinations requirements. So you see what these truck drivers are doing? They're forcing the issue, and the government now, Alberta, which is a huge province, I think there's 11 provinces in Canada, Alberta is on deck later this evening at 5 p.m. local time. Uh, they're going to separate, had to do a separation of powers between federal and provincial jurisdiction, and the feds can't do anything if the province chooses to enact their own health care laws. They're going around the federal government in Canada yes. to get Amen. people to have more freedom. So, Paul, yes. my take to you, and I want to hear you, Archbishop Vigano actually goes even deeper than Bishop Strickland. He's thinking, and, and he's been saying this for years now, that this is all big part of a big plan. Can you share that? Is, I just want to know, Terry, is, is Archbishop Vigano, is he one of those uh, terrorist guys, too? <laughs> I, I would think so, and, and I think yeah. Strickland is, too. Yeah, he's a foreign actor. That's, it's uh, because that's... We're, we're, not part of the, we're not supporting the narrative of the liberal government right now, and we're that's not right. supporting the vaccination uh, mandates. That's why we got thrown off of uh, YouTube and other social medias. 
this is really the 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 lines are being drawn. But here's what I can see, Paul: we're making progress, whether it's in Canada or other part, Western Europe, England, Ireland, other states, other countries are re, are going back to not having restrictions. I think we just have to keep metal on the pedal and push back. And I think Archbishop Vigano and Strickland are going to pay a terrible price because the people above him aren't liking what they're doing. Yeah, well, uh, I like the way you said, put the pedal to the metal. That sounds like trucker talk, and it sounds like a convoy here. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, we need to learn from what's going on up in Canada. But, uh, yeah, um, uh, you know, pray for uh, Archbishop Vigano and Bishop Strickland because um, they are two of the good guys. And they they are, you know, it kind of reminds me of— the story of Saint Athanasius when he stood up against Arianism. It was Athanasius against the, the world. world. Yeah, that. and so and so what we what we have here is, uh, you know, and, and it's unfortunate, but uh, like Athanasius, we have a similar situation where many in the church have um, have embraced false ideas. In the time of Athanasius, it had to do with uh, understanding uh, the true nature of Christ and God and the that's, Trinity. That's right. But now, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, what many in the church have, you know, adopted this worldly philosophy, like you said, Terry, that, uh, you know, they're more worried about global warming. They're more worried about polluting the earth. They're more worried about, uh, you know, protecting the animal species. Not that those things aren't important. But when compared to the excellencies of Christ Amen. and what he offers, they're nothing. And, Amen. They will be burned, and all that will be burned up one day. You got it. We come back. Wait till you hear about a European country is outlawing LGBT promotion, pedophilia. You're going to love it. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. And my teaser about a European country announcing that they have a referendum on the law against LGBT yeah. promotion, pedophilia. This is the country of Hungary. Their pro-family law will be held April 3rd. Uh, it's at the same day as the country's parliamentary election, so keep them in your prayers. But, Paul, you know what impresses me? That they announced this, and, you know, the ruling party uh, said last month that the vote will be held April 3rd, the same day of the elections, but Hungary's sweeping child protection laws, which passed back in June of 2021, took effect the next month, banning LGBT themes in school material, Media content, including advertisements, the yep. law explicitly prohibits content that depicts sexuality for its own sake or promotes displays deviations from the identity of the sex of their birth, gender reassignment, or homosexuality. Praise God, somebody's got yeah. common sense. Yeah. And yeah. Paul, the thing that I really was impressed with are these questions that they're asking people. I'll, I'll let you go on with the article because this is well. Yeah, go ahead, Terry. Okay, well, this, the measure also strengthens penalties for child pornography. See, <laughs> this is all stuff against our moralities. Creates a yeah. new sex offender registry. Restricts sex education to organizations approved by the government. With yep. the April referendum, voters will be posed with five questions, including whether they support 
the LGBT sexual education without parental consent and allowing minors to undergo transgender surgery. Here are the questions they ask. Are you in favor of children in public schools being taught about sexual orientation without parental consent? No. Are you in favor of promoting sex change procedures for minors? No. No. Are you in favor of minors having access to sex change procedures? No. Are you in favor of the media content of sexual nature that impacts children's developing between being presented to them without restrictions? No. Are you in favor of the media content depicting sex changes being shown to children? No. Take a guess, uh, Paul. Who is fighting to get him out of office? Are you ready? He's a yeah. very wealthy 91-year-old man. Who do you think? Yeah, George Soros. George Soros. He's yeah. spending millions and millions of dollars because that's his country of origin. A Hungarian. Yes. Say, yeah. And he's yes, so he's upset at this guy. because well, that's why he's outlawed in many countries, Terry, because they, everybody's – yeah, everybody's wise to mm-hmm. beginning to get wise to George Soros and what he's trying to do, uh, the arrogance of the man. But uh, this is uh, Good so news. great to hear that Hungary is pushing back, Terry. Yep. They are pushing back in, in, in such a good way, and they are getting flack from the European Union, yeah, they are. Terry. Yeah, they are getting so much pushback. And then they're basically the European Union is telling them, listen, these are contrary to the ideas of the Western European nations. And uh, see, again, uh, you know, the the local uh, people try to take control and enforce their values and what they believe. And because they belong to the the larger organization, the larger organization is saying, no, 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 you can't do this. And guess what? That, uh, you know, and, and if they really want to clamp down, they'll clamp down on their ability to trade with other countries. And, oh, yeah. you know, it, it, it'll they affect their economy. Yeah. And this is how they gain compliance. And yeah. this is why they want us, the United States, in this larger uh, uh, form of uh, a government, because, uh, uh, you know, if we don't comply and do and acquiesce to whatever yeah. their, uh, you know, uh, the, the theme of the day is, they will uh, basically shut us down. But Terry, one thing that I wanted to get back to, I know we jumped into that uh, that article about Hungary, which is a good thing, but I wanted to just read a little section of what Archbishop Vigano said. Oh, please do. And it it applies to what we're talking about now, but just listen to what he says to the Canadian truckers. Today, more than ever, it is essential that you realize that it is no longer possible to passively assist. It is necessary to take a position to fight for freedom, to demand respect Mm. for natural freedoms. Amen. But even more, dear Canadian brothers, it is necessary to understand that this dystopia serves to establish the dictatorship of the new world order and totally erases every trace of our Lord Jesus Christ from society, from history, and from the traditions of peoples. Demonstrate for your rights, Canadian friends, but May these rights not be limited to simple claim to the freedom to enter supermarkets or or not to be vaccinated. May it also be a proud and courageous claim to your uh, sacrosanct right to be free men. Awesome. But your but your demonstration should be one of true freedom, reminding you that truth is the truth, uh, uh, that it is the truth, that that is our Lord Jesus Christ, who alone can guarantee your freedom. The truth will make you free. I just wanted to I'm say that. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. And you know, Paul, this just fits right in uh, yes. to some of the other craziness that's going on. And we have to just start not giving any money to these organizations that are canceling us out on our message. Yes. I'll give an example. 
GoFundMe canceled donations to the Canadian truck. Can you believe that? So now money's pouring in faster with give, send, and go. That's what I tell everybody. Don't use uh, this piece, people GoFundMe anymore. Go with another one called give, send, and go. This is the (laughs) fight back we're talking about. Now, here's another one. Talked about hungry. Facebook. They took down any ministry pages that help people struggling with LGBT lifestyle that say that chastity is the way to go. See, they're undermining. And I'll give you one more. Rumble offers Joe Rogan $100 million <laughs> to leave Spotify. Love it. Leave Spotify. Yeah. We are yeah, ready to what? fight alongside of you, brother. Hey, Facebook lost $25 billion overnight, Terry. So there, there's a reason for that, yeah. you know? We need to keep the metal on the pedal on that too, my friend. See, this is yeah. what we as Christians have to respond back with our prayer life and with our actions. It's a double sword. We have two swords, not just one. It's oh, When people just are activists, they become activists without a spirituality. Okay. Oh, that, that, yeah, I want to correct that. That was $250 billion uh, dollars they lost kidding? overnight. Really? Yeah. Overnight. They lost one quarter of their mm-hmm. net worth. That's awesome. Yeah. You see, this is what we got to hit them in the pocketbook, brother, but also hit them with the spirituality. Because as we said, for those who didn't hear about it at the beginning of the show, Blessed Titus Bransma was an amazing young man who died a martyr in the concentration camps during World War II. He should be a model for us to fight as he fought the Nazis with the truth of the gospel and brought people to Christ like that little nurse who said she became a Catholic because of him. We have to do likewise. We can't just be saying, oh, I'm conservative, you know, my political power. No, no, no. We have to have a profound spirituality. There's a book called Soul of the Apostolate from Tan Books I read when I was a teenager. And basically they said this, Paul. Mm-hmm. You Before you go out and evangelize, evangelize yourself first. Amen. <laughs> have a spirituality, <laughs> a prayer life, and so that your faith is deep, so that when it's tested, you won't fail because you know what? That's right. You're doing what Brother uh, Blessed Titus said, living in the presence of God. And so all these persecutions that are going to be coming our way, we're going to be able to fight them with our Catholic faith. That's right. That's right, Terry. Essential to be in a state of grace. Amen. Essential to, you know, take advantage while you still can. Yeah. Go to confession and, and receive the sacraments because guess what? We take those things for granted, but they could soon end. Anytime. Yes. And, and that's why we do the examination of conscience mm-hmm. each day. Why do we do that? To prepare, because death comes in a most unexpected way. There's yes. no guarantee that yes. I'm going to be on the radio tomorrow. So what do yes. I need to do? Live in the state of grace, right? By getting to confession. This week I leave for my retreats. Um, I have a silent retreat coming up this weekend. So pray for me that it'll mm-hmm. be efficacious for me to have a deeper yes. love for Jesus and a deeper love to share the gospel with people through prayer. This yeah. is why activism is not the way to go. It's spirituality first. You got to have a deep commitment to Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, and know your faith deep. That's what we yes. do, Paul, here at Virgin Most Powerful through all of, our, all of our shows. Teach people the fundamental teachings of the church. Your, yes. thoughts, your thoughts. Yes, uh, all of those things. Uh, I want to rubber stamp it, Terry. Everything you said is uh, exactly what we need to be doing. Uh, You don't have to necessarily be a biblical scholar, but what you do know, practice it. 
cherish it, love it, uh, uh, live, you know, uh, uh, you could be, uh, no matter what your call is in this life, uh, if you're a janitor, live for Christ. Man. If you're a, a, a cop, a fireman, it doesn't matter. Man. Uh, Christ is calling us to fly his banner and to represent, to be who he has called us to be, separate from this world and uh, disciples for Christ. Well said, well said, Paul. Paul, thanks for filling in for Jesse Romero. He'll be back tomorrow. And uh, I just want to thank all of our listeners. This is our fourth year of Virgin Most Powerful. It goes by fast. And we couldn't do it without you. And I thank you for all your monthly support here. If you want to become a monthly supporter, and we'll get you the, uh, the conference recordings of the Spiritual Warfare Conference, because you're a monthly donor, all of our recordings that we have go to you each month, hundreds of dollars worth of product. But here's my way of saying thank you to be a high information Catholic. Listen to Dr. Hahn. Listen to Dr. Petrie. Listen to Fulton Sheen. All these mm-hmm. great men who love the church are going to give you great formation so you're a high information Catholic. Oh, yeah. So at your exit interview, our Lord will say, <laughs> well done, my faithful servant. Why? Because you fall in love with Jesus and his church, and you live out that faith one day at a time. And if yes. kids, my only thought is, if you, you know, we always end with what state you should be, get, be in. If it has been over 30 days since you've been to confession, go to confession. Yep. Make an appointment if it's difficult because of the COVID restrictions. But make it happen because it won't happen unless you show up. I mean, it's like telling a person to hit the baseball, but they won't go up to the plate to swing the bat. It won't happen. Mm-hmm. You need to make it happen by taking your free will and saying, I'm going to confession. It's been a year since I've gone. And you can thank me later on the other side, brother mm-hmm. and sister, because I, we need to do that. Paul? I, ca- I call it putting feet to your prayers. There you go. Feet <laughs> to your prayers. Yeah, put some feet to your prayers, you know? And, and Get Paul, out of here. Paul, yeah. I just want to ask you again, your th- well, got the music coming on. I wanted to ask you about action items that we should be doing as Catholics today in the world. But you, you took some from Archbishop Vigano about freedom and about yes. living out your faith. So, Archbishop Vigano, thank you for constantly giving us yes. straight talk. I, we used yes. to call this straight talk Catholicism. Well, Archbishop Gomez, excuse me, Archbishop uh, Vigano and Bishop Strickland are giving us straight talk Catholicism. Here, here. Yeah, here, here, here's an action plan, Terry. Steady diet of the Word of God. Oh, my God. Uh, steady diet. Well said. And also, I'll leave on this note, Paul. What state should we be living in, brother? State of grace. Terry. And how do we do state that? By living in the presence of God, staying close to the yes. sacraments, reading His Word, visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, making yes. atonement for the sacrileges that are going on. And you know about those sacrileges, folks. You've seen them. So let's don't complain. Let's just make reparation and expiation. Hey, don't forget we got a mission next week here at the chapel with the Holy Angels, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday from 7 to 9. Join us. May God richly bless us and his family.